Getting to know yourself is key in elevation. So this week on Carly's Couch, we talk about different personality tests and what you can learn from each one. Good afternoon. Welcome to Carly's Couch. Thanks for listening today. We have a great episode for you. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. Um, But first, we wanted to start with an amazing review that somebody left us from Glinsky. Is that what that says? And it says, five stars, your transparency yields awareness. Thank you for continuing to put out great and relevant content. This latest podcast, I'm Not Okay and It's Okay, was a heart check because it was a reminder to myself that everything doesn't always have to go the way that I picture it in the moment and to remain patient and flexible in this thing called life. It was also cool to hear you two be transparent regarding days when you don't feel like you've got a lot accomplished and or was stressing over something just to realize the next day that you actually did accomplish a lot or was more productive than you thought and could have kept from beating yourself up. As I am constantly on the go, I love tuning into the podcast to hear about topics we all deal with while in the process of having a sort of self-care checkup, which leads to enjoying life more. During the podcast, you asked what could be an event to do to engage with listeners. And an idea I have is to host a live virtual late night kickback. You could go live on a few social media platforms and engage with listeners regarding topics of your choice and or their choice, question and answers, etc., all from the comfort of everyone's home. Folks can have their drinks and snacks ready at hand. Having it on a Friday or Saturday night would be cool as it could be an opportunity for folks to have a break from their normal routine, such as going to the club or other activities. Keep up the impactful work, you two. God bless. Shout out to Glinsky. Yeah, that was great. And snacks, you know my life. Um, Of course, we would have great snacks there. So we appreciate you. If you listen to the podcast, please, you know, share them when you find them relevant with friends or people you know who might need them. And then also please leave us a review. We love to read them. We love to hear back from you. Yep. Um, And so in considering um, that this podcast is about life and about getting better with everything that we're doing, the key to that is always understanding yourself better and making sure that you're aware of just where your mindset is now, where you're currently in order to grow or progress. And so this week we are focused on going over different personality test I believe not more so than types but like kind of to discover your personality type and that we can look at how that can impact the way you maneuver through life whether that's work with friends with different people etc and we try to keep it relevant to what we do in life and I'm a nerd so I like taking personality tests and just seeing what I get like seeing like leader like we've done a leadership test before on the podcast Um, but even in trainings that we've done with companies and that I do um, on the daily like leadership trainings kids that I work with adults that I work with people like I've come across a lot of personality tests um, and they're super important when you think about team building and leadership and developing both in your strengths and understanding your weaknesses then so I think it's a great tool to become aware of yourself but also to get better in whatever you're doing whether you're an entrepreneur whether you work in corporate like whatever it is I feel like these are helpful and so we have a few of um, my favorites are ones that I find relevant to different areas of life to go through Um, so Lex have you ever taken any personality tests like is that something that you do or have done just in life or for work Um, yeah, I think the only personality test I've taken before was the one that tells you like ENTP or something like that, like those letters. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but I guess we're talking about that today. Um, but yeah, that's the only one I've taken before. I've never taken a personality test and then said, oh, I didn't know that. So 
Like, I don't, like, I know introvert. Like, I know, you know, this, this, or this. I know which places are, like, my strong suits. Like, if I were to see uh, what the results are from the test, I can look at those groups and know where I fall already. Same. Um, most of the time. Um, I think they're interesting because there are different ones. And a lot of times they're used in hiring. And so, um, personality tests have been around forever. And I think I was like, when I was doing research, it started in like 400 BC um, with Hippocrates. And that's, you know, if he didn't steal it from somebody else, but like thinking through like personas and things that make up our personalities and who we are. And I like them um, because sometimes I think they offer different glimpses or facets of yourself that you might not understand. Like when interacting, like some that I've taken are like, what is your natural style versus your adaptive style? Or how do you deal with things in conflict versus like your regular style? And so I think they're super interesting. A lot of companies use them also for hiring so um, if it's at an engineering company they want to make sure that they hire across the board like extroverted personalities along with introverted to keep ideas fresh and to limit groupthink. and so looking at how they've been used in hiring is also kind of cool to understand the process of them do you think that's a valid part of the process for people to use the personality test to see how they'll work well in groups I do. I do. And um, it can be. Let me say that it can be because uh, whenever I went to USC for a business school, we use them. That was like one of the first things that we did together for our core teams. In your first year of your MBA, um, if you're doing it full time, you'll have a core team. And it's like people that you work with in every single class. And we did that so we could better understand who each other is because we're coming in first day, jumping into like 15 classes for a semester for one semester and having to understand, okay, well, you're introverted, you're extroverted. And so it's a quick way to tell people. But, but were you put in groups based on your personality? No. Do you think that that makes sense to put, to hire people because of their, after a personality test or like put people in groups because of personality, not to not understand other people's, because I think that is the main thing that's applicable or that's useful for personality tests is to be aware of the other ones. But um, even if it's not necessarily that I'm trying to gain anything more about myself, but I think it is a good tool for like more discovery. Yeah, I think it I think it can be a great tool for discovery. Like if you're looking for a certain type of leader, like to consider it in your hiring process, because people in like the right position tend to do better than people who are in the wrong position, but maybe on the right team. But like if you're like, I'm only going to hire an extrovert who does this, who does it. I don't think that that's necessarily beneficial. And a lot of research has shown that some of these, even though I think it was like 89 of the top 100 companies like use a particular test. Like it doesn't have any statistical evidence that it's actually that useful in the hiring process. So I think, like I said, I think it can kind of go both ways. Yeah. When it comes to group work, some of the studies that I've seen that are most effective is not so much like their personality, but how um, people in the group allow other people to express themselves. So like different small aspects that I think make sense for any group. Um, But it wasn't necessarily that they could not find any correlation based off of the personalities of the group and how they put people together. That makes sense. I think that that's useful. Um, And so I wanted to start with the oldest one. Like, I'll just jump right into the test. The oldest one, the one that pretty much everybody has done or seen is, um, Alexia referenced it, is the one with the letters like, oh, ENFP or ENTP or INTJ. And what that is is Myers-Briggs. I was doing a lot of weird things with my hands, but um, another one is called 16 Personalities. And this is the one I was saying that 89 of the top 
uh, Fortune 100 companies use it before hiring a new employee. And I don't know to what degree, like if you fall in one, well, I think they just use it as a reference point for you um, and thinking about how you'll work with teams. But the letters are based on this versus this. So extroversion versus introversion. The next one is intuition versus sensing thinking versus feeling, and then judging versus perceiving. And so they ask you a series of questions that helps you get to these letters. Like, what do you tend to use more? I don't think any of these are outright. Like, you're exactly this. It gives you a percentage. Like, you're a little bit of everything, but it just shows that you lean more towards one than you do the other one. Okay. And then, so what was your personality type with Myers-Briggs? So with Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENFP. Um and the 16 personalities is like a free version of Myers-Briggs. There's a paid one and they also give you an extra letter at the end, which is, I don't really understand that one too much, but um, I'm extroverted, like 88%, intuitive, 87%, feeling 71% and prospecting 76%. So ENFP, I think that that's super accurate. Anything I read about like the campaigner with this sounds like me on paper. Like you said, it wasn't like, oh man, that's something new about me. It was more like, yeah, that just confirms all of the things that I think about myself. So when I hear the campaigner, that makes me think of somebody who is like trying to sell people on something like being extroverted and getting them to get on board with ideas. Maybe like, is that it is, it, it is. And it, um, a little bit, what you mentioned too, is how people interact with other ones. And so um, a role, like they'll tell you whenever you get your results and we'll put all the links in the um, info or maybe we'll send it out via email. So make sure you subscribe to the email list so you can take the test too, if you haven't, but um, they give you different roles and a role for the campaigner as a diplomat. So you kind of become the intermediary between people. You are the one who kind of like mediates the space, gives people space, and it's all based on social engagement. What was yours? Um, so mine was kind of, mine was the opposite in certain places where I would assume it'd be opposite. So I was INTP um, and the logician. So mostly log the most logically precise out of all of them on this. And so I'm 76% introverted, 74% intuitive versus observant. 56% fe thinking versus feeling, but my thinking feeling is always very close. Um, versus your feeling was like more up um, and then 56 prospecting judging so for those two I'm like more along the middle and then 67 percent assertive versus turbulent and they said that my sign not my sign this is an astrology what is this my personality is three percent of the population you know it's funny though is like you being a, an Aquarius like I know you're like People are like, oh, you know, whatever you say, someone's like, yeah, that explains it by your sign. But Aquariuses are known for being um, like across the board, more logical and asking questions and things. And I'm like, I mean, that makes sense, but only because I know you, not because it's necessarily your sign. Yeah. So even like doing this, I, I feel like, OK, this, that's who that makes sense. Um, but I think the biggest thing is understanding like it's in different circumstances that you are or these different things or mm -hmm. how you, however you balance them in your life. Um, so I don't know, like when I took this, like, all right, that told me about myself and I don't know what else I would necessarily do with that. Yeah. And like I said, for me, I, I like researching. It didn't give me any new information, but it does give you a bunch of stuff to read up and how you might deal with conflict and typical areas of strengths and weaknesses and things you might think of. But also it gives a little bit of insight into the other personality. So if you know like your partner or your person at work is something else, like it, it might give you another lens to help understand them, which is something that I think is cool with these. 
Um, the next personality test that we have is the DISC, D-I-S-C. Carly and I did this one with um, the Navy when we did a conflict resolution um, kind of training course with them. And so I remember we did our uh, DISC personalities with that as well. Is there more that you actually want to say about what the letters are? Yeah. Um, so the DISC is one of the biggest ones in the industry if you look at a lot of like coaching from motivational speakers if you look at a lot of like business schools a lot of things like they use this one um, because it helps you understand your strengths and weaknesses better and so the d is for dominant um as a, as a personality type i is for influential s is for steady and c is for compliant and I think most of those speak for themselves, but D are for people who are more direct, um, more straight to the point. I influential, they work really well with people. Steady are like supportive, consistent people. And then compliant are people who are very into details, into like the nuances of things. I thought the compliant ones were the ones who um, kind of let people do what they want to do. Um, compli no, compliant is they're, they're, they have systems. They're very cautious. They make sure that they're compliant with whatever systems like they're, they're, that are in place, and then they create their own. And then what's the difference in the way they ask questions for the DISC versus the Myers-Briggs? So the DISC has a lot of... Um, it's like, what are you more likely to like, I'm strong. I'm more like, they'll give you like two words and you put like which one you are. Um, whereas on Myers-Briggs, it's like a statement and then you can go along a scale. Okay. Like how accurate something was. Mm -hmm. Oh, true. Yeah. Okay. And then for me with a disc, um, assessment, I was dominant. And then what were you? You're dominant too. Yeah, I'm dominant. But so you, whenever you do um, like a full version of it, it gives you your two highest because those are your strengths. Mine are dom dominant and influential. And so I'm a, a people person. Why do you person. say dominant first if it's a 92? Because um, that's just the disc. That's just how it goes in, into the test. So like I just put mine like that. But my, my influential is actually higher. And so what's useful for me with this test is if I understand. So um if you start doing research and go down a rabbit hole like I do with these um, influential is, like I said, all about people. Um, it's very much a campaigner like my Myers-Briggs test, like thinking about how I interact with people and how that motivates me. Um, and then direct is how I how I go about execution. Like I'm very direct. I like to have direct conversations. But then looking at those, you can also see how low your other two are. So, for example, my D and my I are like 92 and 95. My S and my C are like. 11 and 7 and so I do not have much compliance and so when I think about why sometimes I struggle with tasks like that are very much like when I used to be an engineer and I hated doing certain things like oh my god why does this spreadsheet that shouldn't take me that long why is it taking me forever it's not it's just because it's not how I naturally think about things and so keeping that in mind as an entrepreneur that can help me think about instead of wasting all my time one day trying to do this spreadsheet hire somebody to do it like talk to them about it, make sure they understand and then hire them to do it. Mm -hmm, I agree. Mine were all, um, mine were pretty similar. Mine was dominant, then compliant, then influential and then steady. So nothing was like super low. Oh, that's cool. And I, I figured, um, I was talking to one of my friends and they're like, well, what do you think Lexi, cause he listens to the podcast. They're like, what do you think Alexia's disc is? And I was like, I bet her C is pretty high, <laughs> but I knew your D was the first one which is cool. And then you can, like I said, start to look at the people on your team. So if you have a team full of people who are really high DNIs, y'all need to hire some people who are more into the detail work and who want to work on the systems and compliance. The next one um, that I wanted to talk about, this is a more personal one. This is great for understanding your innate 
like fears and emotions and drivers and how you approach certain situations. Um, Kiara, who's been on the podcast before, actually got me to take this one because I came home one day and she was like, you're this. And I was like, I'm a what? Because the test is called an Enneagram. And I was like, what are you talking about? So an Enneagram is a Greek shape that has like nine different points. And it's this diagram and it shows you like where where your personality scales across them. Um, But I like it because it's more for personal development so it helps you look at situations and think like in this situation you will probably be worried about this but in order to get better and to get more aware think about these things and so of all of these like I said this one is um, probably my favorite for understanding more like personal relationships understanding myself and and my friends in my Enneagram I am a type eight which is a challenger and there are people who like to ask ask questions challenge status quo they're very direct very they can be very aggressive um but then i also score very highly with the two which is a helper and it's someone who is very concerned um, about like making sure everybody else is okay about being there and being very supportive with people and they're at very opposite ends of the enneagram and so what does that mean when you say your trauma is a type two? And so um, I say my trauma is a type two because I grew up being very codependent. And so sometimes taking other people's problems and trying to make them my own um, and and being responsible for other people and their things, um, that stems from, you know, things that I have to heal from, from being codependent when I was growing up and like taking care of everybody in my life. So naturally I'm an eight, but learn life experiences. I had to be a two to take care of people. And so now I catch myself in certain situations, like whenever I'm becoming more codependent and trying to own people's issues as opposed to just, you know, doing what I can and leaving it at that. Do you think people are naturally a personality type? Um, I think, I think some things are nature. I do. I don't know the line, but I do think there's a, a balance between nature versus nurture. But one thing like with yours, if you see that your two was the second highest one and you see, oh, that's where your trauma is through, um, that makes me realize also that the personality type doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily a good or a bad thing mm-hmm. either. Um, it's just kind of really more so giving you an idea of what the lens that you're looking at things through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they can change. I don't think that any of these are, I don't think that they're mostly nature at all. And I think that your personality type is based off of all of your, like your childhood. And like, this is why you're this person because you need to be successful or because you think this is important or that's important. So for me, um, Maybe it's good and cool to see where you are, but I don't necessarily think that that means, oh, well, this is what I am. So let me change uh, like things around me or whatever. Like, I think that either way you can change yourself if you want to be in a different pool or if you want to better understand why you're what you are Mm -hmm. to like make yourself more um, see more of the benefits of it. Uh, Maybe that could be cool. But yeah, they're definitely not like a one thing's better than the other. Oh, no, not at all. And I love that because um, the Enneagram actually gives you traits um, like what a healthy three looks like versus an unhealthy three and what a healthy eight looks like versus an unhealthy eight. And what I mean, it'll it'll say like if you are like not taking care of yourself, if you're not being self-aware, if you're not, you know, in a healthy space, like you might be aggressive. You might not trust people. You might be scared to open up to people because people have done you wrong. You might lash out because you're scared of losing control, whereas a healthy eight it opens up to people, is vulnerable, is able to do this. And I think that that, like, in my head is like, okay, well, now that I say it out loud. So what defines the eight? It sounds like it could be true for everybody. Is the challenger, the innate, the innate, that you like, sense in us that you challenge everything, that nothing is, like, like that set in stone. Well, why? And that you go so hard against things. 
um, like to try to change the world. They're like, oh, this system works this way. Why can't it work that way? And like that problem solving. And like I said, everybody has a little bit like I'm not 100 percent eight or 100 percent two. It's all different parts. And I agree with Alexia in that depending on where you are in your life, where you are in your healing, what's going on in your life, these can change. Um, but I like the Enneagram, like I said, for personal growth a lot because they send me like little thoughts and it's like, you know, today notice your tendency to want to control everything or today notice your tendency to want to, you know, reach out to everybody first, like challenge yourself to allow people to reach out to you. And it's like little thoughts to help you think through sometimes why you're doing the things that you do. So it's just a supplement to all of the work that we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. With the Uper app, what would you say that uh, test was uh, would correlate with? Ooh, remember where you put them in, and it kind of went to the different sides of like I think it was more feeling versus thinking, like logical. That I think it was maybe more that first one. I think it, I think the Uper is very similar to Myers Briggs, and you tend to see where the sixteen person kind of like this one as far as like the shaping of the mm-hmm. enneagram. Yeah, I I don't know. That's and that's a good question. That'd be interesting, and if y'all don't. If y'all are just tuning in, Youper is um, a th- like a therapy AI. So it's um, an app created by therapists to be like a virtual therapist kind of, like person to help you. Assistant. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and then the last one is um, an animal personality test. And I first got this one from my mentor. Um, she uses it in all, in all of her leadership trainings and she uses it like in her course and sends it out. And it's great for working in teams. What seems like it might be common sense to some people is in fact not common sense, surprise, and um, helps you realize like if you have a coworker who always gets on your nerves, like y'all always butt heads at meetings and can't, you know, communicate with each other, but you're saying you're talking past each other is because you're not speaking the same language and helps you understand a different side of who they are. And so there are four types. Um, there is a lion, an otter, a beaver, a golden retriever, lion, otter, beaver, and a golden retriever. So those are all four. Lex, which one are you? And then I'll go into what I they are. I was the lion. Did it give you a second one too? Or did you? I don't think it gave me another one. Um, so mine, whenever we do it, we did it by hand, but it was um, two and I'm a lion and then an otter. And so lions are like they sound very visionary, practical, strong willed, independent leaders and also direct, very straight to the point. But their weaknesses are they can be cold. They can be domineering. They can run over people. They cannot listen um, and be very unforgiving. Otters are outgoing, warm, friendly, talkative, enthusiastic. Those are some of their strengths. Their weaknesses is they can be unproductive, have their hands in too many pots at one time, um, can exaggerate or be egocentric um, and make things focused on them. Beaver's strengths are they're very analytical, self-disciplined, very industrious, organized, um, aesthetically like focused, looking at details. Um, and then their weaknesses, they can be self-centered, touchy, negative, unsociable, critical, and moody and then golden retrievers are calm easygoing dependable quiet diplomatic objective and some of their weaknesses they can be procrastinators unmotivated fearful and indecisive and so i'll give an example if you're a lion and you're a leader and you have a a beaver on your team so you're very direct you're very, you can be domineering. And the beaver comes to the meeting and is like, hey, so I made this 10 page spreadsheet to tell you how this thing works. I looked at all the data and they're taking you through 10 pages of data. 
you can look at them and be like, stop talking and just get to the point. What are the takeaways? Like, what do I need to know? And so in this situation, as a lion, you can understand like when dealing with someone who's a lot more analytical and focused on the details, you say, hey, I love that. Please send me the report. I'll read it later. But for the meeting, can you have the three top points of the data that you collected um, to share with us? And as a beaver, you can also think about me and my boss is a lion. They don't want to read through 10 pages of data. Let me think of the overlying points. And so it becomes a way for you to better work with the people that are on your team. Yeah, I like that. And what I noticed, though, is that in this one um, with lion, with disc, dominant, and what was it um, in the Enneagram? What did I have again for that one? The achiever. Oh, achiever and your challenger. Um, so I feel like you and I have some of the same across the board. Do you think we have the same personality type? I don't think so. Um, I think we have some of the same characteristics. Like I think we're both, you know, high achieving and leaders and direct. Um, but I, I don't think that we're the same. I feel like that's not a personality. The more I think about it, like I think, um, I think actually I take that back being an achiever and being direct can be part of your personality, but I don't. I don't think that those things can be similar. I think that they're very much on all on scales. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, I think anybody can say like they're an achiever, but like what, is, how is that being accounted for? Also, one thing I thought about too with these is how they're self-reporting. So how much of personality test do you think is what you identify as, oh, this is a good thing, or this is what I want to be or should be versus like how you really act in situations? And so that's a good, that's a great self-check. And I always think about that too. That's why when you're doing these, it's important to go with your first mind and not answer how you think you should answer or how you think people want you to answer, but just going with what you think, like with your strengths and weaknesses. Um, a great way to self-check is to ask the people that you work with, like, hey, read these descriptions. Which one do you think mm-hmm. I am? Like if you really need a self check because sometimes we can think that we're being very communicative and open and all of that and we're actually not or we might be misaligned and so always self-checking with someone else or like looking at these let's say you take all these personality tests and you make a word cloud or you write down a list of like descriptors of yourself like that you've gotten from this then ask your 10 closest friends to send you three words to describe you and then see if they're the same Mm -hmm. yeah and another thing is I have friends that think I'm a complete extrovert and I have friends who think I'm a complete introvert. And so again, to me, I I don't necessarily tell people like, oh man, I'm like really into one of these things or the other. I I personally identify more with an introvert, which I am, but I very much turn on in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, And I think it's very, like I said, circumstantially dependent. Like it's not going to ever be like, this is exactly it in any situation, but when used as a tool to get better in friendships and work and whatever so if you were you know trying to use these to get a better gauge of how your teammates or team team members I guess is a better word how your team members view you that could be something that you do because they see you in a work setting and that could be very strategic whereas like if you take it versus like my clients at the gym it might be different but it also might not in my head I'm like ah maybe not um I think it can be used, like I said, as a great tool to better understand yourself and to better understand the people around you. But it's not a one size fits all. Have you ever been a part of a group and did personality test and saw some kind of improvement or change from it? Um, yes. So, yeah, yeah, yes. And then I'll give a no answer. So one, yes, with my mentor, um, which is funny now that I say this, because it's funny because I'm a lion and she's a lion. But when you're learning how to 
give information to people like she had to break it down to me and she used the test to do that like no be more direct do this do this like go lean into your personality type because i was like oh i thought you were that's part of it because i'm like i don't feel like you're that direct in a lot of cases that's why i was like man i think that's interesting and but i think you are an achiever and a leader and everything but some of the things i'm like i wouldn't put that as your top thing Oh, yeah. No. And like I said, I think it just manifests in different things. There are certain things that I am very direct about and that it's like like in business school, I <laughs> had a reputation for not like bending to things. But in other stuff, I'm like, eh, I don't care, whichever. Um, and so just thinking about where those could fall. But then my case where it kind of worked, but kind of didn't work was in business school. when we all learned about each other's types because like, yes, this person's introverted, but if we're doing, you know, a project in like finances and they're the financial person, they're direct and they're very like open. And so we had to like learn and grow. It's not just this is how you always are. And so it wasn't very helpful until we got to know each other on a very base level outside of the test. OK, so you guys learned about the test and then you started to see it in the work you were doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, And but also realizing, like you said, that it kind of changes depending on the subject. Like public speaking is as my thing. It's not a big deal for me to get up and talk. Whereas if it was a financial project, like a deep finances and data analytics thing, the beaver on my team or the person who doesn't like public speaking would probably feel more comfortable because it's in an arena that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. And as an outsider, when we've done this for other groups, like you can see how it clicks for people that, oh, yeah, that makes sense for you to be this thing or that thing. And for them to then really think about ways that they could better work together because of that. Um, So I think it is very much an eye opener with groups and people that you're working with on a regular to help you uh, better empathize or be able to kind of just identify a little bit more that there is a different way of thinking about stuff than what you're used to. Um, And so when you know that about your group, I think that's very helpful. Yeah, whenever, because we talk a lot about building a team and hiring people and like, you know, building a culture, like being entrepreneurs and owning businesses. Like, do you think about this, like when you're hiring people, like ways to build this into your culture to make sure that people work well together? Not in this way. I think about it in that I need people who are personable and certain um, that they are like challengers and have certain aspects of all of this. But um I don't necessarily feel like I would make anybody take a test or ask them what they are in reference to them being a part of the group necessarily or being hired. Um, or Nor would I have them on and then be like, well, let's see what this is to see how we best work together necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't just also don't think I need that to see like how the person is, like which of these attributes uh, or characteristics are present in that person. Yeah, I think it also can be helpful Um hearing how people see themselves Mm -hmm. because sometimes there's a misalignment or just different definitions of the same words Mm -hmm. so I think that that's helpful um this week we have a shout out and we want to shout out Angie Douglas congratulations she launched a podcast a couple weeks ago and it's called Black in the Day and it celebrates the dopeness of black people 24 7 365 um she has had some amazing guests so far and they discuss certain historical topics um certain topics like that are relevant to the time like on this day in March you know all right on this year in March or this happened um right around the time of the release date and also the things that the people are currently working working on right now like she had an artist on not too long ago a musician she's had some really amazing people on there um and so go support her it's on instagram bit d pod so black in the day pod um but we'll put the link in there so you can check it out 
And then who is Angie? Angie is one of my neos. Um, so we went to the University of Oklahoma together. One of my friends, one of my neos. Um, she's an artist, like a fashion fashionista, a writer. She does a lot of amazing things. And so I was really excited for her new venture. And then uh, how many episodes does she have out now? I is it think new or been out for a while? six. I think six. And she okay. launched in February, okay. like the middle of oh, February. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this week we have a question for you all. So first of all, we do want you to show share with us your personality types based on these different tests, which test do you like best? And then also you can answer our question of the week, which is where are your blind spots? My blind spots are... I think sometimes in wanting to see the best in situations or in people like always looking to find the positive lens, like I think sometimes I can miss things. What about for you? Like miss what's real? Um, I was trying to see that. Uh, I don't know if I word it like that, but the idea. Uh. My, I would say my blind spots are um, missing moments being too, I think, maybe wrapped up in like current work or things that I'm doing. But by missing moments, I mean like letting time go by and feeling like it, like I didn't like really experience it as deeply maybe. So where are your blind spots? We would love to hear from you too. Screenshot, tag us on Instagram, Twitter, Carly's Couch, at Lextopia CC Fierce. And we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.